Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher's Study. My name is Kevin Clark, and it is my pleasure to be with you along with my colleague, my friend, my brother in Christ, Bob Hutto, who's the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ. As you all know, we have been uh, reading through the Sermon on the Mount and uh, really enjoying the teaching that Jesus has laid out about what the citizen in his kingdom is to be like, uh, how we're to conduct ourselves, how we're to see the world, how we're to uh, control our emotions, what kind of disposition, what kind of uh, frame of mind we're to have. Uh, we've been talking specifically last time about uh, judge not that you be not judge and try to correct some misconceptions about that and encourage us to judge with righteous judgment. Uh, make sure we're not being hypocrites, having the big plank in our eye and trying to remove a speck from our brother's eye. And as the point was made last time, uh, that we can and should remove that plank but not walk away from the brother with the speck, but to identify the speck and help him get that speck out. So that in of itself refutes the idea that uh, Matthew 7, 1 through 5 is telling us not to ever make judgments about people. We have to take the standard of God's word and measure people's lives by it. That's the only way we can do the work that God has us to do to seek and save that which is lost. But we've really enjoyed uh, these studies. We appreciate so much. Mark Townsend and Jason Reed are deacons who make it possible for us to put on this podcast. And we're thankful for you because you're tuning in and you're listening and you're sharing it with others and appreciate your comments. I know every time uh, Bob and I have talked about the podcast, we talk about how complimentary folks are. And it's amazing that uh, you're really benefiting from the study and you're letting us know about it. And we appreciate it. Some opening comments, my well, friend. If you enjoy the study, tell, tell somebody else about it. Maybe yeah. they can uh, give it a listen and give it a try and uh, they, they can join us. So uh, if you like uh, what you hear, share that with others. And we want to s- spread the word to as many people as we can. And this is a great format in which to do this. You know, to do that uh, through um, uh, the new technology that we have. You can reach people literally all over the world. And uh, that just gives us a great opportunity to teach Amen. the scripture. So uh, if you enjoy studying along with us, tell others about it and we can add to our number. Amen. <clears throat> well, we're going to start this time, Matthew chapter 7, and look at verses 7 through 11. And before we get started, I want to ask the audience this question. What kind of God do we serve? Do we serve a God who is, as some has depicted him, an angry God that's just sitting in heaven waiting for us to make a mistake and to zap us, uh, to curse us? Uh, do we serve a God, as some people say, that's this indifferent uh, power in the universe really doesn't care much about what we're doing, almost like the deus where you get you get the world started and then you remain aloof and indifferent. Is that the kind of God? Or do we see a much different God, a personal God, who is engaged in the lives of his children? I think we'll answer that question pretty easily by looking at the passage that we're assigned to uh, in this podcast. So let's begin. Matthew 7, 7 through 11. For those who are reading along, I'm reading from the New King James Version. The Bible says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And I think I'm going to borrow a page from your book from the last time. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what this doesn't say. 
uh, you could see somebody not being spiritually minded reading this and saying, oh, okay, well, so the Lord's just telling me I can ask for anything that I want to, and the Lord's going to give it to me, uh, anything I desire, anything that I crave, and, and then the Lord is going to uh, give that to me, and there's no qualifications to that. That's clearly not what he's saying, and we know that, again, one of the best ways uh, to understand Scripture is let Scripture interpret Scripture. Look over First John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14, the Bible says this, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. And so, yes, we can go to our Father in prayer. We're encouraged to be prayerful people, pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. But notice, John says the confidence we have is if, it's conditional, if we ask for things that are according to his will. So we cannot expect, you know, think about 1 John 2, 15 through 17, it talks about the world can be summed up with the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. If we're asking for things to further those interests, when God has told us anything in that realm is completely opposed to me, you can't have one or you can't have both. You either have one or the other. You either want the world or you want me. There's no part of pride of life, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes that's in the Father. We can't expect then to go to the Father and ask for things that would further the lust of the eyes, further the lust of the flesh, further the pride of life, and expect this God who says, I have nothing to do with these things, to give us those things. So he's not saying you can ask for just anything whatsoever. In fact, even James makes this point mm -hmm. over in James chapter 4, where he talks about asking amiss. James chapter 4, again, verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? He talks about this fleshiness going on, the wars and fightings. And the first condemnation is, well, first of all, you lust and don't get, and you murder and covet and don't get because you're not asking. But then he says, then the problem is you ask with this worldly frame of mind, and he says, you're not, that's asking amiss to spend on your pleasures. He said, there's no way that God is going to give you that because there is, again, the same concept, 1 John 2, 15 through 17, there's a great divide between the world and God. God is not going to promote the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. So again, we use these passages to say that Matthew 7 is not saying, you just ask for whatever you can think of, like God is this cosmic genie, we just rub the lamp and whatever we want we get. No, that's not what we're saying at all. Any thoughts about that, about what it doesn't say? Well, I, I just think prayer is a, a subject that's it's easy to draw conclusions based on partial information. Right, right. And so uh, what we need to do like with the subject of prayer, as we do with every Bible subject, is be careful to take all the Bible says that's before it. we draw conclusions. And so we don't want to just take a single passage and mm -hmm. draw a conclusion based on that one passage when there are other passages right. that that also deal with the subject and inform us on it. And you've looked at right. this one, but yeah. you've also turned to others, which right. are as much God's Word as That's this one it. is, uh, to uh, give us more information on it. Absolutely. I thought about Matthew 26, verse yeah. 39, yeah. where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. Great point. And he says, My Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass mm -hmm. from me, not as I will, but as you will. There you go. And so we need to pray that as well. That's yeah. another part That's of exactly our asking. Right. 
not as I will, but as you will. So we may That's a great say point. to um, in our prayer to the Father, right. as I evaluate the circumstances right. in my life, Right. This is what I think would be best, and so that's uh-huh. what I'm asking for. But you know better than I do what right. I need, and so I'm willing to yield to your will Absolutely. rather than insist on my own. That's you know I want to add to that, and we're really just talking about what prayer should be and should not be, and then we're going to dive into specifically uh, what is said in Matthew seven, but Philippians four six through seven. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so, first of all, he does say we do need to not be worried, to take everything on ourselves, and we're going to be the solution to all of our problems. He says, no, go to God. Let your requests be made known to God. God solicits Mm -hmm. your prayers. He wants your prayers. But he even then qualifies them. When you go to God in prayer, making these requests, remember what God has already done for you. Have that spirit of gratitude and appreciation as you approach the Lord. Because you could see somebody who's just always, gimme, gimme, gimme. He's like, no, 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 no. You appreciate what the Lord's already done, and then you can bring these requests to God. So again, we're talking about a spiritually minded person mm-hmm. and a frame of mind, as you said, that wants the will of God to be done and not just anything. So with that being said, by way of backdrop, now let's get back. And and really the, the central part of the verse is, is verse 11. If you then being evil know how to give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask him? He uses these two examples and saying, you know, if, if a man has a son and the son asks for some bread, he's not going to give him a stone. Huh? Or if the son asks for a fish, he's not going to give him a, a serpent. And, and naturally, as, as a father, we care about our children. We care about their welfare. If they come to us with needs, the natural inclination is for mm-hmm. us to satisfy those. We're looking out for their welfare. We're not going to give them something's going to hurt them. We're not trying to uh, dismiss their needs. We're attentive. We're loving. We care about them. And, and he says, now, now you all do that. And you're evil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How much more so your father in heaven will he give good gifts to his children? There's the point. If we understand this as human beings, how much more so God in heaven? And you're talking about a completely, you know, I opened up with the, the session with a question, what's your conception of God? I love this conception of God as I am a loving father who loves his children and is waiting, just waiting to be asked to bless and to help them. And that's why he says in that context, you ask and it's going to be given to you. You seek and you're going to find. You knock and it's going to be open. This is a God who cares about your needs and your welfare. So, you know, prayer is an underutilized resource a lot of time. We don't go to the Father as we should. And God is saying, you know, time and time again, quit trying to do this yourself. Come to me and I help you. Right. Well, that's an important point that you make, I think, to stress the fact that we have a loving father. Mm -hmm. He's not an overbearing father. He's not a detached father. He's not an abusive father. There are those kinds of fathers out there in the world, unfortunately. But this is a loving father. It's the the perfect father Mm -hmm. who behaves toward his children as the perfect loving father would. Amen. And so I thought about 1 John chapter 3 and and verse 2. or verse one, see how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God and mm-hmm. such we are. And so imagine the love that God has for us that right. he would adopt us into his family. Right. And then he invites us. Right. I want you to ask me if you have a right. need, ask me right. and, and I'll help you get it. That's right. And if you, uh, you know, if you'll seek, I'll, I'll be there with you and I'll be helping you to find it. Knock and, and it'll be open to you. Right. I want good things for you. That's right. And uh, so that's the way a loving father would do with his children. I couldn't help but think about uh, James chapter 1, 
Uh, look at verses 16 and 17. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So he's the source of every good gift, every perfect gift. And the thing about it is it, it requires a certain amount of humility to come to God, right? We're saying, I can't do this on my own, which is counter to a lot of what we hear. You know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, do it yourself, handle it yourself. God said, no, 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 no. You come to me and I'll help you. You can't do it yourself. We need these things. We need, and, and the, the Father has already established in Matthew 6 that the things that we need in verses 31 to 32, therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear for after all these things the Gentile seeks? For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. So we need to understand we have a Father that cares about our needs. He knows what the needs are, but even though he knows them, he wants us still to ask. Mm -hmm. Ask for your daily bread. Ask for shelter. Uh, ask for good health. And then I like your point, but always let your will be done because it could be in the grand scheme of things that those things we think we want are not good for us spiritually. Right. And we've got to have the humility to say, God, I, this is what I think from my limited perspective, but ultimately you do what is in right. your best interest. So I preached on uh, the 84th Psalm on Sunday. Mm -hmm. One of the, the last verses, verse 11, there's 12 verses, but verse 11 the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. I like that. No good thing does he withhold from those right. who walk uprightly. Right. Yeah. And so he's, as a loving father, he's going to give us all the good things that, that we need. That's exactly and so if right. We, why do you think he, if, if God knows what we need before mm -hmm. we ask, why does he instruct us to ask? Well, I think it's more for our benefit that we recognize, first of all, who he is relative to us. We recognize how small we are and how much mm -hmm. we depend upon That's him. Right. In fact, I, I go back, uh, you know, that, that in 1 Corinthians 1, it talks about the wisdom of God versus the wisdom of men. One of the points of that is that no flesh should glory in his presence. I think that's an overarching theme, that, that God wants his human beings, his creation, to recognize, hey, you need me. You cannot survive without me. You cannot thrive without me. You cannot flourish without me. And so that's the idea of God doesn't need you to tell him what you need. He already knows that. But we need to tell him because it requires us to abase ourselves before the Father okay. to say, you're the source of these good things. We need your help. We need your assistance. And the humility we display in doing that is good for our soul. Right. So it helps us to be humble. Yeah. It helps us to understand our dependence yeah. on God. Right. I thought about Luke chapter 18, verse 8. I tell you that he'll bring about justice for them quickly. This is, mm -hmm. remember, Luke chapter 17, <clears throat> Jesus tells a parable about the unjust judge right. you know, who eventually does respond to the yeah. widow who's yeah. asking for justice. And so verse 8 is the conclusion. I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? Ah, there's another one. You know, there it, you it demonstrates yeah. our faith. It does. You know, we it depend does. on God. We have faith in yeah. God that he yeah. will and that he can provide. Mm -hmm. He keeps us humble. And so there are lots of reasons That's why right. it's good for us to ask. Right. God knows what we need before we ask. Right. But it's, it's good for us to ask. And yeah. so he invites us to do that here in this and many other passages as well. And if you think about it, looking at the Bible, it's not something he's asking us to 
trust him on blind faith. But how many times has God demonstrated himself to be that loving father, whether we're talking about the Old Testament with the children of Israel or in the New Testament, time and time again, God demonstrates, here's how I take care of my people. So you have a record that you can read and again, believe and say, you know what? If God took care of his people then, he'll take care of his people now. And so again, ask and and you will find, or ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. Right. Any other thoughts? Well, just uh, we want to put that into practice. We want to put it into practice regularly mm-hmm. and put it into practice sincerely and fervently and take take advantage of the great blessing that God has given to us. Here the um, all-powerful mm-hmm. God of the universe invites us with our shortcomings and weaknesses and frailties to come to Him in prayer and make our requests known to Him. You know, I, th- I thought about it in my own life. I can do a better job of this because, again, sometimes there's a tendency for me just to figure out for myself, okay, how am I going to rescue myself from this jam? And, of course, obviously there are some things that one has to do that the Lord expects you to do to help uh, your welfare. But I need to think more quickly and more frequently and more often about going to my Heavenly Father in prayer. We can ask, give me the wisdom that I need. That's it. You know, you empower go. me. Give That's me right. the, the, you know, the wherewithal to... Uh, navigate this situation safely, and so we, right. we can we can pray those things and Amen. Uh, give me the wisdom that I need to, to see, see things clearly and and um, ask and ask according to His will. Right, and He's told us He'll respond. And it, it empowers me in my walk with God to know that I have a God who really wants me to be successful. Mm-hmm. He wants me to win. He cares about me. And it's just a different conception that a lot of people have of God. And he's done everything at his disposal to make us successful in serving him. It's just a matter of us executing now. He's, he's done his yeah. part. We do our part. So many people think, well, God is, God's got too many big things uh, to worry about. <laughs> he, he doesn't have time to worry about my oh, little no, things. He but he asks he us to do he it. Absolutely does. And so, yeah, he's concerned about the big things. Right. But he's a big enough God that he can be concerned about our needs as well. Absolutely. Well, we're going to wrap it up. We've uh, run out of time here. As always, we enjoy talking about God's Word. We're going to end our podcast as we do every podcast with a word of prayer. I'll ask Brother Hutto to lead our minds in that prayer. Very good. Our Father in heaven, we, um, we're thankful for the opportunity to pray for the blessing of prayer. We're thankful that you extend this invitation to us that you've told us that when we pray that you will hear us and that you'll respond. And Father, we are not only thankful for this opportunity and this blessing, we, we pray, Father, that you will help us to take advantage of it more often and take advantage of it in a better way. Father, we're thankful that though you are a great God and, and awesome and uh, so much higher and, and beyond us, that you invite us to come before you with our requests, with our needs, with our thanksgivings, with our petitions and concerns, and that you'll hear those and that you'll respond. And we know, Father, that you'll respond to us in the best possible way. Uh, And so, Father, we're thankful for this great blessing of prayer. We know that you've answered the prayers of your people all through the ages. And uh, we can think about the prayers of men in the past that have have been offered to you and that you've responded. I think about Hezekiah's prayer, for example, Jehoshaphat's prayer and others that you heard and that you responded to their prayer as they prayed. And so, Father, we know that you are a God who hears and uh, we pray, Father, that we will take advantage of this great blessing uh, in, in a regular way, in a fervent way, in a sincere way. 
Father, we pray that you'll give us the things that we need, that you'll provide our physical needs day by day, and you'll supply us with what we need spiritually as well as we seek to, to grow and mature in our relationship with you. We pray that you open up doors of opportunity for us to preach the gospel and teach others the saving news of Christ. We pray that you'll be with those that are struggling and those that are sick in various ways. We pray that those who are struggling spiritually, maybe stumbling, that they will have opportunity to repent and that they'll see the need and take advantage of that opportunity to repent. And so there are so many things, Father, that, that we can ask you for, and we're thankful that you'll hear us and that you'll respond. We pray, Father, that we'll make this a regular part of our lives and follow in the footsteps of Jesus in that way. We know, Father, that it's Christ and his blood that has made this possible, that he's opened up the way for us to communicate with us because he's taken away our sin that uh, would create a barrier between us and you. And so since he's taken that away, we can begin each prayer by saying, Our Father who art in heaven. And so we're so thankful for what he's done for us. It's in his name that we pray this prayer. Amen.